Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by G-MIG's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Yo, it's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It's time to argue with Randy Peterson. Oh, I'm just, we can have a cordial conversation too hey, i cannot Pete. believe it i can't believe i didn't see you sunday night at the association concert at hoy sherman i no, looked around yeah. for you no i um i honestly looked I, around for I, you. i love hoyt sherman i'm going to the um gary allen show there in november i just went to jamie johnson not too long not too long ago David, it's a nice quaint venue i love it it's I do my too. favorite place it, to watch the show have you been to the broadway the the, the houses in broadway no. The theaters, I've they're very small. They're very quaint. It's, I mean, okay. I mean, Did you enjoy their show? Yeah, good. I mean, it, there were two originals, and I don't know why we're talking about this now. There were yeah, two originals, right. and at least you got a semblance of what the the words were to the songs that I grew up with. Yeah. Awesome. Hi, Tommy Birch. <laughs> and here now we're going to get Hanson a Hanson review. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Hanson and Hoyt Sherman would be an interesting combination. I'm not certain that'd work. That would uh, be kind of cool because I know a lot of acts that go to Hoyt Sherman. There are a lot of them that traditionally, once they get done, um, stroll down to Carl's, to Carl's. place afterwards. I'll tell you what. I yeah. tell you, I did not see anybody at Carl's Sunday night from the association. It was probably past their bedtime. <laughs> but there were some of us there from the concert. Steve Prome will join us in 10 minutes to give us a rundown of how practice is going for the Iowa State basketball team. Uh, we'll start with football, though. I had business things going on, could not make it. I have not seen anything from Matt Campbell today. I have no idea. So I'm I'm relying on you guys, much like a lot of our audience, to to fill me in on today. What what stood out from you know Iowa State's one and three? We've got health questions about David Montgomery. What popped today at the Matt Campbell press conference? I mean, probably the David Montgomery stuff was the the biggest thing. Uh, Matt Campbell is not going to say one way or another if David Montgomery is good to go. But I I, I think I'm kind of the mindset that I'd be more shocked if David Montgomery is not playing because from the way Campbell was talked about on the teleconference to the radio show to even today, it almost sounds like it comes down to a toughness thing, how much pain David Montgomery is willing to subject himself to. And... Everybody you talk to around that program, from players, coaches, support staff, yeah. everybody raves about David Montgomery's toughness. I mean, the guy led the nation in missed tackles. Think about All I gotta everything. Do is watch how much he got hit last yeah. year. I mean, he I mean, he is uh, undoubtedly one of the toughest guys on that team. So if it really does come down to that, to me, there's no question that David Montgomery would be playing on Saturday. Matt today disclosed for the first time, at least first time I heard that. That we all knew that that David was hurt. We all knew he was hurt before the fourth quarter Saturday. Yeah, he was dinged Ma- up. Yeah. Matt Matt disclosed today when it happened. The first carry of the game that didn't count. Of uh, the first game of the the first carry of the no game. First, really darn play of the no game. That's when he initially got hurt. Huh. And so, to piggyback off the toughness theme, he's been playing. Yeah, he's ever already since. been doing it. He's yeah. already been doing it. Now here's the here's the conundrum that that Campbell's in. Do you play your best guy, the face of the player face of the program? Do you play him in these next two games when you're not favored to win these beat these guys anyway? Do you then give him an off then he sits through the off week and then he comes back stronger than ever because Iowa State very well 
could have to win five of the last six games. Would you rather have a, a 100% healthy David Montgomery for your stretch, for your bold defining stretch of five of, having to win five of the last six games, maybe if they don't split the next two games, or play him against risk I, playing him against Oklahoma State? I honestly don't think that, you know, despite kind of how Matt talked today, I really do not believe that Campbell kind of looks at it in terms of, um, hey, we have a chance to to win this kind of back end of the schedule or, um, you know, these next two games, it's going to be really tough. I think he legitimately believes, hey, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, those are winnable games. It's going to be I difficult. Think they are. Yeah. And One they for sure. need David Montgomery for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think – and that's why it, I think I think that's why I think he'll play. Yeah. I mean, Cal- Campbell said it was a it was a tough balancing act. How you know what do you do? I mean, it's it's a balancing. Yeah, act. to me, kind of the tough balancing. How many act. carries can he make? Yeah, to me, kind of the tough balancing act when it comes to David Montgomery is not thinking. Okay, uh, we're worried about David Montgomery and his health for down the line um, this season, kind of saving him. Obviously, that's something that's always going to be playing through your mind. I don't think what he's going through right now is kind of dictating that but I think also like hey you're looking at David Montgomery who before the season started was in the conversation for a you know end of the first round possibly second round type draft pick you have to be thinking in the best interest of that kid too now obviously that type of stuff only happens if David Montgomery gets on the field produces and has another strong season but Does to that, me that's kind of when the top balancing act comes are they at that point though cuz i mean from what i understand about the injury unless i'm missing something again i didn't see anything today this isn't a deal like that's just like bad injury that could continue to get worse it's right the deep bruise yeah and, so I, I i can't see yeah. this impacting his nfl no, but what if he gets thrown on that on that shoulder yeah then it I, could be trouble yeah and i don't think it's something that's going to impact his nfl future but i'm saying yeah. just in general when you're matt campbell i think what you're looking ahead to more is not like okay is david montgomery going to be able to make it through this end of the season i think kind of the little thing that's kind of always lurking no, I agree in the that. back uh yeah you're looking your out for him i knowing what you guys have told me i play him and if if you got to if it's the second quarter and he can't go anymore, take him out. Like, yeah, and I, I think it was the K State game last year where hey they tried to give it a go yeah, and, he, and it just didn't work. You're going to be okay. able to tell with a guy like that if he's not right. Yeah, and the thing too is, it's not like they don't have other options in the room now. Obviously, you don't have another David Montgomery. The drop off from David Montgomery to any option you put out there is going to to be noticed, but there's certainly some intrigue in that room because there have been a couple of times where we've seen Johnny Lang get out there and kind of show some speed and shiftiness. Um, Kane Nwangu, that's kind of the head-scratcher where I think I'd really like to see him get a couple of Kane carries. needs a little bit of a hole, though. Yeah, I think yeah. he needs a sliver of a hole, and that ain't happening. He definitely does. But yeah. then the most underrated player probably in that room is Sean Crony Jr. just because – Look what he did last year when David Montgomery went down. He's kind of helped come in and fill in at sometimes this season too. Sheldon Crony Jr.'s um, story, just the fact that he is even getting meaningful snaps with the Iowa State football team to me is an unbelievable story given everything he's gone through. I never would have thought yeah. I would see the day. So there are options, but it's like I said, the drop-off, 
you you don't want to go there. And guys, we may be missing one one very key thing, um, especially now since the offensive line is having problems blocking. Um, whoever's in there in the backfield, well, if it's Montgomery or or Crony, especially Montgomery, he may be asked to block. Yeah, and you're blocking and with the pro- shoulder, and you that's know, probably why Kane Nwangu is kind of one of the odd man out, and probably even Johnny Lang to a certain degree. I would agree. We saw that on shoulder. That's we saw that on Saturday. That you know we all keep the Lions gotten killed a lot. Their their pass protection. I don't know if you all have watched the tape back. It was good. Yeah, the, that's the, always been good. Yeah, the the times always, that it wasn't was yeah. when, the Iowa when game. they well on Saturday. The only times they got to the quarterback is when TCU brought extra guys. They and brought, and they David stop. himself missed a couple right. of blocking assignments early in that football and game. And let's not forget, Oklahoma State leads the nation in sacks. Yeah, and they're going to bring it. Oh, boy, and, they're going to bring and it. And I'm telling you all right now, West Virginia's defense is good. Yep. That, they, that defense, I, I get so sick and tired of people, oh, it's Dana Holgerson in West Virginia. They don't play. De- Watch them. Watch the games. That is one of the best defenses in the Big 12, and people are going to take notes on Iowa State and those running backs if David's not in there, not being able to protect. I think it's a really good point you made, Tommy. Yeah, and especially when you're talking about, hey, Chase Allen's status. I mean, I think Chase Allen is probably going to be good to go yeah, come Saturday. Like it. That's what they're saying. But if, there's, if, if, if you're not having Chase out there for, for every down – that's one less blocker you can utilize because probably the biggest drop off from Chase Allen to a guy like Charlie Kohler is block. that, that blocking yeah. ability. I don't think the receiving there's much of a difference, but blocking is a huge deal. I, I would almost say maybe Charlie Kohler's got you know. I, I mean, granted, we've only seen a little bit of him, but he definitely has a Charlie's a, a leap ball catching ability. Yeah, he's one of those. He's more like the type that. You, you you can line him up in the slot and use him, you know. And we've yep. seen Chase use that way a little bit. We've seen Hakeem Butler in that role. Um, you know, Kolar's a guy who could do that, but he's he's not near the block of the Chase. We're, we're, we're missing a point here, and maybe we'll get into it after we talk to Steve. But but um, maybe we can just segue. But how many shots is how many receivers are being open, somewhat open receivers are being missed downfield? I think there's there's some um, instead of. Of throwing those those short passes to the sidelines, why not crank? I mean, well, it, that's you know, Randy, you and I were actually having this conversation after um, after the TCU game is, you know, and I think a lot of people were kind of wondering this, like, hey, where was uh, Akeem Butler during that game? Yeah. Well, he, Got I think he passes. had he had two passes, but they took a couple of shots downfield at Akeem where. Uh, at least two of those times, Zeb Nolan overshot him. Right. If Zeb Nolan throws a good ball, Akeem Butler's catching it, you're looking at doubling right. that reception total, doubling the receiving yard total, possibly having Everybody, a, 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 a touchdown, yeah. and suddenly it looks like, hey, uh, Akeem Butler's had a really good game. So, and Some of those shots are open down the field. Remember that one play? I, sh- I, I I think I hit you in the arm so hard you bruised. I said, "Look at that play on the replay. The, how much wide open space that there he was he was so being blocked or he was being do- um, the line was doing such a good go- good job blocking for Zeb that he was waiting for a receiver to break open, which I think there were some receivers open. He just didn't see him, or he could have pulled it down and ran for fifteen yards. Remember that play? Yep. I mean, you could part the Red Sea with that. Well. He's, uh, it's it's as 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 Campbell said today. Guys, don't forget he's just started four college football games in his life. 
Well, nobody knows no more about the offensive line than Steve Prohm. He's an offensive line guru, and he joins us now on 1460 KXNO. Hey, Coach. What's up, guys? I enjoyed listening to Randy's analysis of uh, football while I was waiting off the air. That was good. <laughs> I learned a little bit. Yeah, I can I can do basketball, too, so I'm available for um, sure you do. consulting. I know you do. Okay. How's practice going, Coach? You know, it's good, man. We just finished. Uh, uh, we just got out of there about 15, 20 minutes ago, and uh, they've been good. You know, uh, I'm, I'm excited about our group. Our energy's been really good. Uh, the last four days this is our fifth day of practice, and so we'll go one more tomorrow, and then we'll take Thursday off. So hopefully we can finish out well tomorrow and um, and then come back ready to go on Friday. I know you're 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 usually fairly hesitant to throw out names this early in the season, but I'm gonna give it a shot anyway. Who has who has looked pretty good, Steve? I mean, I know Lindell's probably looked good, and I know Shayok has looked pretty good. I expect those guys too. But but who else? Who else is is um, playing well right now? Well, I'll start with those two, just because I think Lindell's made a lot of progress from last year. The areas that that we need him to, uh, you know, in decision making. Uh, into being really locked in on the defensive end of the floor, playing with great energy and making other people better. Um, you know, and Mario, like you touched on. But, you know, Mike Jacobson just brings a, a great level of urgency and uh, a great energy level to our team and really, really offensive rebounds. Uh, I've been pleased with the freshman Tyrese and Taylor. Uh, I think they've done a really good job. And so uh, Zion's had a tough, tough summer you know in fall so he's just getting going just with the injuries um uh, you know but those guys have been good and um you know I'm, I'm really pleased with a lot of our guys right now more so just in their effort we've got to clean a lot of things up we turned it over a lot today we were a little sloppy today but uh yesterday we were really 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 good with the ball and so um we just got to get a great combination of playing really fast but playing really disciplined as well Coach, how's how's Nick doing? I I feel like given how much time he missed at the end of the season and just all the talk during the off season about some other things going on with the program, he, uh, there's not as much talk around him. And man, I mean, the the start of the season went so well for him. How's he doing health wise? And just how's he looked so far? He's looked good. Uh, he's been in every single practice. Um, you know, hasn't sat at at all uh, within our first five practices. Uh, we've mixed the lineups a little bit and, you know, put him in some situations where, you know, he's got to, you know, he's due some leadership and his team's responded over the last couple of days, uh, you know, and matched the other team's energy. And so uh, he's done some really good things. Uh, you know, with Nick, I'm always going to, you know, be on him really about being assertive and being aggressive, especially on the offensive end. But, you know, Nick's just got a really good, innate ability to play the game. Just really got a good feel and understanding, a good IQ for the game. And, you know, has a good demeanor about him. Coach, I know in the past you've you've always wanted somebody to kind of take control of the team, be the leader, be kind of the the alpha male, the the go to guy with the group. It looks like when you look at the roster, there are a lot of different guys who that could be as you start the season. Who's the one guy that you're kind of looking to to take control of that locker room, take control of the team and and be that main man? The thing I like about it right now is I think everybody's been trying to do it and play a big part of it. If the freshmen are listening, the freshmen are being really accept, you know, accepting the coaching, uh, mentoring, learning from the older guys. Um, like I said, Lindell's made a great step in his habits, 
of uh, practicing well. Uh, Mariel, you know, uh, you know, he's he's the oldest. He's he's won the most at this level. Uh, he's a guy. I look through if things are kind of, you know, sliding. Hey, we need to get it back going. But I think collectively, these guys have has, you know, because our first day we were just okay. And they've really responded the last four days. You know, you don't have that first day pop like you do because we practice. We were practicing twice a week, anyways, as a team leading up to the first day. But our last four days have been really good uh, from an energy standpoint. And so, uh, but Mariel, if I had to just kind of pinpoint one guy, but I think they've done it collectively so far. And then that's that's more important if we can do that because, you know, the thing with this team, and we can play two different ways. We'll be able to play small, and then we can play big as well, whichever kind of fits us that night. Is that if we can share the ball, we got a lot of guys. I think that can can make the next guy better. It can can score. Um, Cam, we, you know his. We've chronicled his life story. We don't need to go there. But how is he? Um, how's he been doing over your last? What's he been back? A month? However much he's been back, Cam. Yeah, I think he's doing well. Today was his uh, probably his best practice today. Uh, you know, he's been banged up a little bit, uh, so he's been in and out <clears throat> with some injuries. Just nothing serious, but just. You know, uh, you know, just kind of nicks and nacks, nick nick stuff. But uh, today he he practiced really well. I thought he played with great energy. You know, I think he's one of the best guys converted from offense to defense, and, and you know, bothering shots at the rim. He did it a couple times today. And so, biggest thing with him is just being gone this summer is working his way back into shape, and that's still a process. But uh, he he's he's doing a good job. You know, and. You know, we, you know, it's an everyday, you know, it's, it's every day with him of just, you know, challenging it to be great and do the right things. Coach, one of the most intriguing guys um, to me, I guess, story-wise is, is Solomon Young. Where does he kind of fit into things as you get ready for this season? He's been good, too. You know, I think the thing that helps is having Mike out there now, uh, Mike Ellis will play to where I think it's helped Solomon kind of rear his energy to where he can't. You know, he's got to stay consistent with his energy and his focus, and uh, he's been really good. Um, you know, he kind of sometimes be, you know, he's quiet, so you can sometimes forget about him. But, I, you know, the other day, I mean, he really, really stood out just with his effort, his energy, and his intensity. Um, I, I think he's been really good. You know, like I said, it's, we, we, we've got some depth, especially at that position. You know, you usually don't have a lot of depth at that position. You know, we've got, we've got, we've got quite a few front court guys especially if we play big you've you've is a transition to um you know you've got one new coach on your staff is how's that transition going oh it's great you know because james worked with me before and yeah. so you know i was excited to be able to get him back with me because he knows what i want he knows me he knows my family i know him uh you know he's a relentless worker really good coach what's he specialize in steve uh coaching basketball okay <laughs> okay no i get that okay no, I'm just kidding. No, well, I get it. I mean, your thing's you point know, guards. He specializes, to be honest, in, in being a relationship builder. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and being, you know, kind of being aware, hey, man, this is what Coach wants. I know what Coach wants. Let me go get that done. Uh, you know, he's working at large, you know, because uh, William and Danielle work with the bigs, mm-hmm. you know, when we do our breakdown. Um, but, you know, he worked with the bigs when I was at, at Murray, so – um, you know, but I think you've got to have for a staff. I think you want the talent to give those guys all opportunities to scout, to recruit, the coach on the floor, to be in the community. Just so 
you know, shoot the run camps, just so when they have an opportunity to be a head coach themselves, they're prepared in every every avenue. Coach, who has been the biggest surprise um, this off season and heading into now that you have practice starting? Who who really caught your attention and maybe helped their stock the most? You know, just that we've gone these first five days of practice, just because I'm probably the hardest on him. I've been really pleased with Lindell. Uh, just in his approach and his coachability. You know, I met with him at individual meetings this week, and I met with him just being coachable. Uh, I think his decision-making has gotten better. I think he understands more at that position. What You know, we can play one-point guard. We can play two-point guards on the floor if we want, really three-point guards at times with guys that can, you know, pass, dribble, shoot, make decisions. Uh, but I, I'm pleased with his growth. Uh, you know, it's, you know, that may not be, you know, people may, there may be somebody wants a surprise guy, but, I think your best player has got to be 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 great on a daily basis. If you're going to be special, are you going to be successful? And he's been very good so far. All right, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to ask him about other go. sports stuff. Oh, wait a minute! I would, you go ahead and get your basketball out of the way. Don't do that. Jeez, don't do that. Um, it's Coach, not a good time, Chris. As <laughs> Vikings fans, refresh us a little bit with your schedule. I mean, it's not it's not exactly the a cupcake. No, it's not, but it's good. You know, we, we got, we've got two, uh, you know, we don't have any exhibition games at home this year. Right. I wanted to kind of challenge our team with a couple scrimmages, and so we'll do some two close scrimmages, which I think will really test us. Uh, you know, it can't take any game for granted and, and at this at this level. Anybody can beat anybody, but obviously a home game against Missouri, uh, you go to Maui and open up with Arizona, uh, the likes of the teams out there, Gonzaga, Illinois on the bracket side. Uh, Duke, Auburn, Xavier, um, and San Diego State on the other side. You come home, you still have Iowa. Uh, you got Ole Miss, which Kermit Davis has got great familiarity with him because when he, I was at Murray and he was at Middle, we played every year. And if we didn't play, we scrimmaged, and that was kind of a gauge of how good you were when you played against those guys. Um, and so our non conference is tremendous. And then obviously, the Big 12 has been the number one league in the country for the last five years. And, you know, you, you can play anybody a certain night it doesn't matter how your schedule is you got to play all 18 games home and road and so um you just got to stay the course and um so those are you know quite a few tough games that we've got but you know the great thing about playing good teams is is, is all the wins you know mean a lot i just wanted to see what he thinks about alex smith he's first place in the SEC. I tell you that right now, we're two I mean, and one. You'd rather have Cousins Monday night next Monday. Would you so, see the numbers that Kirk Cousins is putting up in Minnesota? Yeah, but what's the Vikings' record? Are they yeah, are they three and one or four and zero? Come on, let's compare schedules. You shouldn't have done this. Let's just compare schedules. I mean, come on, you know that you know which team is better. We beat Green Bay. Ah, stop it. We just beat the Packers. Yeah, but hey, that that was at home. My home. How good is that guy? Yeah, when he switched to the left hand last night, it was unbelievable. That was awesome. Wasn't that unbelievable? <laughs> he is good. What's Cass you think? How, who does Cass like? You know, the other day was cool. We were, uh, you know, Alabama was on playing on TV. I was watching, I guess, in the afternoon. So I was explaining where I went to college. And so I asked him where he went to college. And, uh, you know, he was like, man, I want to go to Iowa State. So I thought that was cool. Huh, that was cool. Uh, you know, but. You know he, uh, you know he loves five, so you know he obviously loves Iowa State, but he doesn't refute a coach. He doesn't refer 
in our house, it's not like, hey, Coach Campbell's on TV. It's Ruby and Rocco's dad's on TV. <laughs> and so that's how when you have young kids, I realize that's what they, it's Cash's dad and, you know, or it's Ruby and Rocco's dad, you know, that sort of thing. So, which is pretty cool, though. Do you have any interest in the baseball playoffs? Yeah, just really just to mess with people. You know, I grew up a diehard fan, but, you know, um, you know, my brother lives in Boston, so I'll pull for the Red Sox a little bit. But I don't really have a diehard team. But I'm hoping the Cubs win tonight because if not, there'll be a lot of a lot of frustrated people around here. Yeah, I was gonna say that's and, uh, that's your area to recruit yeah, right now. You area. you got to be a Cubs fan. Yeah, so we uh, so we'll all, we've got a lot of Cubs fans in our office. So strength coach uh, Pete's a big Cubs fan. Carper on the women's side is a big Cubs fan. Danielle's a big Cubs fan. And so we got a lot of Cubs fans in our office. Hopefully they'll win win tonight. And then in the AL, I'll pull for the Red Sox. In the NL, I'll pull I'll pull for the Cubs. Man, I remember when Pete worked with the Finleys with the when the Cardinals yeah. and the Cubs, and it, it I mean it it got to be coach a little bit toxic there for a while between <laughs> Pete, yeah Pete and Carper versus the yeah. Finleys. It got nasty. Yeah. yeah, Cardinals, man, they really struggled down the stretch, man. They. uh they just that was tough. The getting swept by the Brewers that last uh second to last series was uh was tough. You know, that was tough. But I am happy with Alex Smith though. We got a big one Monday night on the road, man. We gotta go to New Orleans and win that game somehow. With obviously New Orleans offensively terrific. So Yeah, the varsity schedule's coming up for you guys. You just gotta stay the course, man. If we can get to ten and six, man, we'll get back in the playoffs, so um so I heard, you know what, Campbell Win the day, right? Campbell said stay the course today, too, during – I think he said it a couple of times today, and I thought of you. So you guys are rubbing off on yeah, each other. stay the course. They, um, you know, that that's the biggest thing because, you know, there's, it'll come back to you. It's kind of like shoot the uh, – you know, i never forget, you know, so many examples of it. It's like Tubby Smith is one year at Georgia. They were one and six at the SEC, finished nine and seven, and went to the, to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. And he had a really, really good team. Um, you know, you just got to you just got to play your schedule out, and you know, you'll end up what you're supposed to be. And so I've always believed that. You know, if you got good character and intangibles are right, and so um, that's why uh, the Redskins won. You we were five and six when we last five, and we got it at ten and six. So one week at a time, day at a time. Thanks, Coach. Always appreciate your time. We'll see you around. You'll be really tired of us before too long. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, you guys coming by tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, we canceled practice. You're buying lunch. Well, I don't care. Stop by for lunch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll take you to Hoo Hot. I'll take you to Hoo Hot. All right. See All right. you, Coach. They got a Hoo Hot names now? Yeah, it's awesome. Really? Yeah. They always just had that, that, Mongolian that, that crappy Mongolian grill. Oh, it's place. not that bad. It's always like. Go to commercial. <laughs> well, we need to anyways. We'll come back and talk some more football after this. It's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Cyclone Insider here with the uh, boys from the Des Moines Register. We could take phone calls, too, since we're Yeah, if you guys live. are, may as well, we're live until 7. We can argue with anybody that calls. 515-284-5966. If you've got 
Cyclone questions for us here, Cyclone conversation. Uh, Randy Peterson, Tommy Birch, and myself will be with you until 7 o'clock. Can I bring up a topic? Yeah, I know I, bring I know it on. I'm, I know it's not on the script, um, but do uh, um, you mind, Tommy? Script. We have no script. Birch, do you mind? <laughs> I did this show for the Hawkeye guys last week. Did he show you the script that Lystico sent me? I forwarded it to Tommy. It was like four pages long, and, and Tommy walks in here today before he goes, uh, yeah, I kinda, the rundown kind of slipped my mind. <laughs> you first, mind, the first night with the nanny. It's all first, good. do you We're mind good. if I bring something up? Yeah. And Don't it's worry, pertinent. We're fine. It's pertinent. Iowa State today announced that they're going to play yes. Bowling Green and, and, and Tulane. And, and between 2000... New Orleans! 2020... This is my point. Between 2006... 2026 and 2029. Mm-hmm. Odds of that actually happening, Iowa State playing at New Orleans in 2029, are 60%. I got less than 35. I why, got why less than that? 40%. Why, why less than 40%. Just because the Big 12 will blow up? No. Well, everybody's going to blow up. The, the TV contracts run out in 2025. The whole world... The, the 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 world's gonna end. The sixty-five <laughs> largest college football programs will finally do what they've been talking about doing for years. They'll separate from the NCAA because all the TV contracts are done. Then there's no reason to hang together. They will separate from the NCAA, go their own separate way. There will be thirteen groupings, thirteen regions of five teams in each region. You will play twelve games within your region. Well, I hope you're right. The five con- the five region champions go to the playoffs. The three. There'll be three at large to make an eight-team conference playoff, and Iowa State versus Tulane. I love Troy Dana to death. I love him. I love him. You should get him on the record and write a column about and this. I thought about hey, getting him. On, hey, I Troy, thought about getting him on the show tonight, and he—he's listening. He could be listening, and I'm saying that might not happen. Let me text him if I can text him. Get him on the air. I mean, I don't know. I guess to be honest with you, I'm impressed, Peterson. I didn't know that you would go down that rabbit hole, but I'm glad that you did. Now I'm thinking. I went about it another way. My mind immediately, because I, I was anticipating the fan comments, what? why are we traveling to Bowling Green and Tulane? And Because I, I was thinking of it as the price to play these mid-major teams continues to get higher, and it, I think there'll be more Power 5 teams going on the road to these smaller schools to avoid – getting gouged for $2 million to pay Tulane to come to you. Because that, you know, that price tag keeps getting higher and higher and higher, and I think the FCS teams will be out of the equation then. So it, from that aspect, it made way more sense to me for Iowa State to schedule those games a home-and-home home now than it did like Akron last yeah. year and this year. Well, and my thought, my, jokingly, my thought was like, oh, my God, in uh Eight years, watch Tulane and Bowling Green be just massive uh, non-Power 5 uh, uh, powerhouses. I mean, I think when Iowa, Iowa State scheduled uh, North Dakota State, at the time, they weren't this massive juggernaut of a school, were they? I don't think they were. Who? Which North one? Dakota State. No, when Iowa not. State first. So then, flash forward a couple years later... And man, now you've suddenly got a really good. Uh, yeah, I mean that like non-conference that happened when they scheduled Utah. Remember? Yeah, Utah oh, was yeah, like yeah. Yeah. five and six when they scheduled them, and That's, they were a top ten team when they finally came to Ames. I mean, it, bef- it can happen to anybody. Back yeah. before you guys were born, 
um, um, Bruce Vandervelde he scheduled Troy for a game. Okay? Yeah, the same Troy that just beat Nebraska? I, a year later, um, a coach that's no longer coaching football at Iowa State said, Bruce, what are you doing? And so Iowa State bought out of that. I mean, back then it was it was so little because the coach at that point in time could see how good Troy was going to be, could see what kind of program Troy was going to be, and that maybe Troy doesn't play under all the same rules as, as Iowa State. I don't know. But, but yeah, so like to, to you guys' point that, yeah, what you schedule now, you schedule a team now thinking it, it's, it could be a victory, it could be um, – could not be a you never know. Yeah, I mean, the most know. yeah, it's, so it's ten years out. Yeah, the most important thing that you can do is just get games on your schedule yeah. because, kind of like Chris said, you know, at some point it is going to be a massive, um, I guess, race to Scramble. the schedule yeah. to try to We're get some of these schools. It. Yeah, well, and I mean that's why you're planning this far ahead. And you got two things working against you if you're Jamie Pollard here. One is the fact that everybody's playing fewer non-conference games. It's supply and demand. You know, the Big Ten, they were tossing around playing 10 conference games at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I think we all can agree that these FCS teams are going to get squeezed out at some point. Uh, yeah, the after the TV contracts. Yeah, they're going to We're make... watching the games on the Hulu and on the, and on the Facebook and on the Twitter and, yep. on the, on, and on the YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, it, it, you know, it's simple. It's economics, guys. It's supply and demand, and... You know, I got a lot of Iowa State fans who were, why, you know, the why are you scheduling the home and homes? But it, oh my the, gosh, the it's, economics, it's so much oh gosh, yes. and it's, and you're seeing more and more of it. We just saw Virginia Tech go to Old Dominion. You see, you, you know, Miami went to two or to Toledo. Like, there's a lot more of that happening because of the price tags on these things. And here's an example: Iowa State, I, I, Iowa State's got Louisiana Monroe. I think it's Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up. You know how much they're paying for that? No, what is it? Nine bills. Really? Nine hundred thousand dollars. I think I've yeah, got that right. no sure I got, no that. Yeah, because there's no return game on I'm pretty sure he's got, I've got that right. So Still then, not even the best game on the schedule. When you think about it, they've got uh, – I think they have that trip to UNLV, right? Is that, is next, that year? next year? Is it next year? I don't I don't know. I, I no, I James, mean – look that up for us if you can, buddy. Iowa State schedule. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. We want to know when they're playing at UNLV. I haven't heard back from a Troy Dannon yet. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I – I didn't have a problem with it. You got no. a lot of the people who are complaining about it. I don't think fully understand how that business has changed. Which has Matt being around to go to New Orleans? I mean, that's, that's sixteen years down the road, or that's he'll be there. No. That will be his sixteenth year. Twenty twenty one, twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. Yeah, two. Well, years. They, what year is it at Vegas? Twenty one. They play him at home one year. It's a home and home. Regardless, um, the I mean, I don't know. What are the chances of any of us even being employed? I will be. At that well, I, point? I, oh, I thought you were going to say alive. I'm sorry. I mean, we we might all be. Well, good. Then we'll all go together. Well, yeah, we can go and watch. Boom. You could show us around Caesar's Palace, Peterson. <laughs> gotcha. All right. I'm more Ta- of a circus circus I want to call a timeout here. And then I want to. So was there like controversy at the press conference today? I don't think so. About like play calling or yeah, something? Yeah, it came up a little bit, but I don't think it was any controversy. I mean, it's going to come up the rest of the season until the offense I mean, gets its stuff together. I mean, this is something that's going, like Randy said, it's going to kind of linger until Iowa State's offense gets going. I mean, Matt Campbell kind of opened himself up to yeah. uh, these type of questions, these type of doubts, and these type of uh, uh, situations when you do something abnormal. I mean, the whole idea is – you know, look how many schools have 
offensive coordinators. They're paying them a ton of money. And, you know, I understand the idea. Hey, when you're at Iowa State, you got, you know, it's a lot like recruiting. You got to take risks. You got to do stuff outside the box. You can't do what everybody else is doing. But this is something so outside the box. I mean, there are schools that don't hire offensive coordinators, but. When you do something this different, you're opening yourself up to a lot of criticism. And I get it, but here, here is kind of the debate that I've kind of been going um, back and forth with when okay. it comes to the offensive coordinator stuff. I kind of think, you know, I get the criticism that's coming Matt Campbell's way, but some of the funky play calling that we've seen in the red zone – we saw a lot of that over the last two years. I remember we ripped Tom Manning for getting too cute with him, trying to do things that just didn't seem right. Well, okay. now that Iowa State is still doing it, that makes me believe, hey, Matt Campbell was actually having a bigger say in the play calling. What's it Matt said all along? Exactly. But you yeah. never you I mean, he's kinda gone back and forth with it to a certain degree too, because what was it the other week he said, hey, it took Tom Manning um, a little time to get into oh, yeah, a rhythm, too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He, he hasn't been fully committed to that idea. But I think just that theory, when you look at it, I think, hey, if you're going to criticize Matt Campbell, the offensive coordinator this year, you you could have criticized him the last two years, too. It, the, the conversation got around to, um, fourth, to, fourth down, to fourth down situations, whether to go for it or not. Um, and if if Iowa State's in the plus side of the field, I you know chances are they're going to go for it. But I asked I asked Campbell at that point in time. I said I said you're the head coach. I said you're responsible for 110 or however many guys on the field. You're responsible for all the coaches. The, the 25 second clock is winding down to to eight now to 10 seconds now, and you've got to decide go for it or, or or kick a field goal or call a timeout. I said is is that how much is that putting on your plate? How much pressure is that putting on you? And he and he, he said it's all on him. I mean, he said he makes that call. He makes that fourth down call. That's him. It's not the the conundrum of the. I like that word tonight. It's not the the, the conundrum coach. is a good word. Yeah, it's not the conundrum of the three coaches of the three offensive of, of three of other offensive coaches. It's him. And, and see, that's kind of always been my thought, though. I guess I kind of always assumed. At least on the offensive side of the ball, given Matt Campbell's history, given that he was an offensive coordinator and an offensive line guy, that when it came to especially those big decisions on fourth down, he was always making those calls. Now what I think I'm starting to realize is he not only made those calls, he made a lot of other calls. But so that's I, to me that's kind of the biggest thing. I I, I think to a certain degree we maybe owe Tom Manning a lot of uh, apologies because, one, we ripped Tom Manning, not just us, the media. I mean, he took a lot of heat from fans, too, for a lot of the weird play calling, especially in the red zone. I remember during the Texas game, he took a lot of heat for not getting David Montgomery the ball, too, and that turned out to be a Jacob Park just not handling read option play as well. Among other things. Yeah, and now, I mean – it's 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 definitely a unique situation. Let's um continue this conversation. Troy called Troy texted me back and he said he's just he's just now landing in New Orleans and he said he tried to get called once he gets off the plane, but it's probably not gonna yeah, happen. It's probably so not gonna happen. Yeah, so I told him we get a hold of him some other time. No big deal. We'll do that. Um 
and then look ahead to Saturday's road trip to Stillwater. It's all coming up next here, Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. We've got about five, ten minutes to go. Wild card baseball, Cubs, Rockies. Bert, you're the baseball guy. Who wins tonight and why? I think the Rockies, just because uh, the Cubs' offense, man, it just it disappears. I see them scoring. I could see them scoring one run and losing this game, like four to one. Cubs win six two. Nothing would shock me. The I mean the the offense is there to be had. It just disappears way too often. The, the all the Cubs hitters, they're all so much alike. So if you figure out one guy, you've you've got a good night ahead of you. Wow, that was good. That was good stuff. I I thought I had something good. But anyway, I was going to bring this back to somewhat Iowa State-oriented. Okay. Um, 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 Last night on the call-in show, at this time of year, Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong, at this time of year, it always comes up to Jamie Pollard about Iowa State starting baseball. Oh, God. And by golly, it started last night. At this time of year, the playoffs, everybody's – Everybody's all excited about I'm the so playoffs, and then some people. That. And it wasn't callers. I mean, they don't do callers anymore. But didn't they talk? Didn't they? At Jamie talk about baseball a little bit? Yeah, last somebody, night? somebody. And will Iowa about, State start baseball? No, let me ask you, Tommy. You know this. When will Iowa State start baseball? Uh Jamie Pollard would have to <laughs> not be the AD there. You know, hey, there are two parts of this. One, I understand the interest uh, for fans. I mean, there, it's kind of like a little. Um, Cult legacy yeah. behind this this whole baseball thing. I think, especially with the rise of the Iowa Iowa baseball program, fans saying, "Hey, they're not only playing well, they're drawing well." Uh, there's there's something to be had there in Ames. But here's the thing: when Iowa State did have baseball, even in that last season, um, you know, it wasn't until that last season that they really had a ton of success. They weren't drawing well. They weren't doing great. Now, if you're talking about bringing back a program, you're going to have to renovate that field or build a new field because they just did renovations, I think it was like four or five years ago. The renovations that they did to Captain Field actually, from what I understand, kind of set them back if they ever did want to bring baseball back and bring it to that field. So you're talking about re-renovating that, possibly getting a new stadium having to buy uniforms, buy contracts for coaches, scholarships, Title IX. Travel fees. Wouldn't it make more sense for Iowa State to have hockey than baseball? No. I don't think so. I mean, there is kind of a a cult legacy behind that, too. There's a strong showing of people. I just feel like like recruiting. Like you're telling me that they couldn't recruit like Minnesota and the Dakotas well? Right. But, I mean, does that mean you're going to win? I mean, you are. I'm saying that I would rather watch – D1 hockey at Iowa State than baseball. I don't. I mean, they're yeah, never. They're not. Uh, I. Th- I think you might. Nobody be wants in, to watch baseball in March. Yeah, in but Iowa. the thing is, during You're December, right. are people wanting to watch hockey? I think they're wanting to watch. I would go to hockey. Uh, men's basketball, but then also when you're talking about hockey, are you going to be able to play it at Hill and Coliseum? No. no, you play it in the one arena that you already have. Also true. That's a good point, but I don't know. I don't think there's enough. Sh- I mean, one, there, I, there's not a strong enough showing for them to bring back baseball. That's no. a stretch. I get so sick but, of and, and I know, Chris, from where you're from down in southwest Iowa, you were relatively close to the what, UNO 
yeah. hockey program. I mean, yeah. you saw what, yeah, what, what they Beckham packed do. that place. Yeah. yeah, and North Dakotas have great hockey, and and Minnesota is is <clears throat> hockey is one of the best sports they have up there. Um, yeah, I just I don't I'm know. Talking about, about I'm talking it. about it to you now at Minnesota. There's in interest. Minnesota. I mean, for both sports and. Are there many that many recruits to go around though? I bet you money they would draw better crowds for hockey than they would baseball. They, may, they have sell beer. The thing, they have sell beer. There. The thing, yeah. Chris, but actually, they could because it's off campus. I think. Oh yeah. I mean, Chris, you you make a legitimate good point when you talk about the hockey part. It is so hard for um, for Iowa to be able to go out and recruit and bring kids up from the south. That's why. The one good thing that Iowa has going for it is being the only Division One school Correct. in the, in They've the state. They've benefited from that. They can go out and just you know pick and grab from all those JUCOs in Iowa. That's another big thing too. Is Iowa has a ton of really good JUCO baseball programs. Iowa Western, Indian Hills, stuff like that. What about if, if guys like Toit, Bush, who else? Tommy, who are some of the other former Iowa State baseball? legacies it's one thing um, to gary thompson's the, brother one, played baseball at iowa state it's one thing to it's get the, the money to get the program back right, it's know. another thing to get the money to keep to the handle program it yearly, going annually. and that's no, a lot of money that. it's not an easy thing and especially when you look at a baseball schedule and how much they have to travel because you're not just talking about hey the no they've got to go um, south yeah you're not just talking about kind of uh March April and May you're talking about hey there's fall baseball um and and all that other type of stuff and and and, and an indoor facility too it's just it's it's a whole lot of stuff you know it's funny I saw somebody say on Twitter just move some funds around. It would be great if Iowa State could do that because I'm a as big of a baseball guy as anybody. But just the money alone and for what makes it's it worth, difficult. What's what it's worth, I don't even like hockey. Yeah. And I, think, I just think that it would draw better. But and then the, you're having to talk about we haven't even talked about Title Nine yet. At yeah, that's a good point. At the end of, of what, two thousand twenty five anyway, I don't know whether the the the, the universe I think those ATMs at the universities, maybe shut off too. I mean, I don't It'll know whether be, the funds yeah, are going to be. going to be really. I don't know whether the funds will be there like they are now. If they are, it's either that or it, it's even going to be higher too. Could, yeah, it, I I don't know. Just depending on how ratings go and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Hey, good show today. Fun show, guys. We talked about baseball. Jeez, leave it to good show. All right, um, Fox Sports Radio is next. Yes, I believe so. And uh, the Morning Rush will be on tomorrow at six. I saw Heather's out at Mad Meatball. Uh, Roberts is out there. Heather's either going to be really happy or really, really pissed off tomorrow morning at 6. That's all the reason to tune in right there. Uh, Thanks to Randy and Tommy. (laughs) Later, guys.